Welcome to the Infinity Bros Podcast, the only podcast that is perfectly balanced, as all things should be, here on a beautiful post-Christmas weekend. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you. And if Mark was here, he would say, Happy Holidays. I'm here with two other Infinity Bros today. We're going to be reviewing Wonder Woman and Soul. It's going to be great. But first, let's introduce the other two bros here. We have Isaac Edland. Isaac, how are you? Hello, I'm doing great. Hello, Infinity Bros universe. Isaac, you're like the popular Infinity Bro <laughs> of the six Aww, of us. Aw, thanks, man. Well, that's not a good thing. Oh, okay. The six of us know you, and like you're like kind of that fake popular guy. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, now now I want to fix that, so I'm gonna have to figure out how to how to change that. The real coolest guy in our group, Jared Curtis. Jared, how are you? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you? I'm hanging in there. Jared, did you have a good Christmas? I had a great Christmas. Um, didn't go anywhere. Didn't do anything special, but I've been home with my family, and that's enough. Oh, okay. Well, you just became less cool than I said. There's like some people listening right now who they heard that. Hard eye rolled at that. All right. <laughs> They're like, he likes his family? How dare Family's you? Family's so lame. Oh, my gosh. What a what a lame, no, lame guy. No, not saying that you're lame. They're like, he's full of crap. <laughs> he, he did not have a great time the whole time with his family. My, my AI wife and my AI children I had a great <laughs> Christmas with. My son has been threatening to build a robot to replace me. So, And everybody in the Infinity Bros universe knows that you are the computer of the podcast. Right. I don't know if that's because you're so smart that we do that joke or if it's because you just are always there like big brother i it's a weird joke but we do it soulless or i'll I'll take the first option yeah yeah whatever it is well welcome to the infinity bros podcast wherever you're listening however you're listening thanks for making us part of your day week or month you might even be listening to us in 2021 that's trippy to think of but uh nonetheless we're grateful you're here you can check us out on facebook instagram twitter you got the itch to Twitch, check us out on there. Just search the Infinity Bros. Or you can go to our website at theinfinitybros.com. Isaac, how was that for an intro? Because usually when you host, <laughs> for whatever reason, you can't say those words. The intro, I I will say I'm I'm I can host. I can like ask people questions and stuff, but when it comes to the intros and the outros, for some reason I cannot put together coherent sentences. So, yeah, great job, Max. I applaud you and all that you do for the Infinity Bros. Uh, and the Infinity oh, it's, Bros it's minimal what I do. I just crack up. So <laughs> if you want to go listen to this, what I'm talking about here, go listen to the previous episode that Isaac hosted where he had the writer from Dominion, Dr. Oh, what's his name again, Isaac? Dr. Dr. Baron Bell. Dr. Baron Bell. Great guy. Oh, yeah. Super charismatic awesome and guy. funny. It's a great interview. It's a great comic. Go read it. We won't We won't bore you right now with that. You're not here for that. But if you want to just hear Isaac Butcher an intro and an outro, this is the podcast to check out. Yep. And and here's the best part. Isaac and I was t- were talking. He tried it like three or four times on each I end. I did. Like, I did. And I'm thankful you actually edited out part of it because it was bad the first time around. It was very bad. <laughs> it's awesome. It's like hilarious. I, I love it, Isaac. Oh, thanks, man. I'm glad I can bring joy to somebody's day through my terrible. Oh, it totally brings me joy, and I just I had to like <laughs> we haven't been on a podcast together since that, and I was just like, you're absolutely killing it hosting. I just had to give you a hard time for that because it's so funny because you're like, hey Max, like I'm gonna start over. <laughs> Literally like, said that during I'm like, I'm during like, the recording, editing, like looking around, like what is he talking about? <laughs> <laughs> like he's he's doing fine. He's just whatever. No, nope, no. Nope. We're gonna talk about Wonder Woman in Soul today. 
this will be a spoiler review episode. So you can see in the show notes right now, if you look down where we actually start getting into full spoilers on each, we'll do a brief on the front end with Wonder Woman, non-spoiler quick, hey, what's our rating and why we rate it, then we'll get into spoilers, and then the other timestamp will be when we talk about Soul. So if you've seen Soul but haven't watched Wonder Woman, you can fast forward to that, come back later, or if you just want to hear our thoughts without being spoiled because you plan on watching it in theaters or you're watching it with somebody else, or you just haven't gotten around to it yet, then check it out then. So, But before we get into any of that, I want to make sure that you're familiar with our rating system, so I'm going to go ahead and put that bumper right here. Here on the Infinity Bros Podcast, everything is ranked from a 0 to 6 point scale. 0 meaning horrible, and 6 meaning absolutely excellent. If all of the Infinity Bros rank something a 6, it gets an Infinity Snap. And I talked about it earlier, but I'm going to give it to you one more time later in a bit. I'll give you a spoiler warning, so just we'll, we'll, when we go deep into spoilers, I will put that bumper there, okay? When you see that bumper, run away if you don't want to hear anything, okay? Wonder Woman, 1984, directed by Patty Jenkins. Before we go on with this, Isaac, what was your rating of Wonder Woman? Just your pure rating. Just what was rating it? and nothing else? Like, do you want... The first okay. one. Of the first Wonder Woman, I would give the first one a 5.5. One of the better DC uh, films as of late. Very, very good movie. Jarrett, what about you? Yeah, I'm with Isaac. I'd, I'd say 5.5. Yeah, I'm probably 5.75, 5.8. I'm a little higher than you guys on that out of six. Patty Jenkins directed that, obviously. She writes and directs this one. Uh, Jeff Johns gets story credit for this. It stars Gal Gadot, Chris Pine. Kristen Wiig plays Barbara Minerva. We'll talk about that. And then the what appears to be the star of 2020, Pedro Pascal as Maxwell Lord in this. Robin Wright comes back. Connie Nielsen comes back. And there's a slew of other characters. You can check those out on their IMDb page. It premiered on December 25th, Christmas Day. Obviously, part of the big developing story in Hollywood was that this was the first major movie to stream on HBO Max at the same time as it was released in selected theaters based on where you live and what the COVID-19 rules have been. Uh, Interesting trivia for this movie. The role of Cheetah was initially offered to Emma Stone uh, before this happened. This is Gal Gadot's biggest payday she's ever had in a movie. She made 33 times what she made for Wonder Woman. Do you guys know how much she made for Wonder Woman? No idea. She made $300,000. What? That's that seems ridiculously low. Mm. That's crazy. Absolutely insane. She made 10 million. <laughs> oh my this. gosh. That is nuts. Yeah, it when I read that I was like I am totally bringing that up in the oh podcast. Oh my gosh. I did That's not know wild. that. Yeah. This is also Pedro Pascal's second time in the Wonder Woman franchise. He actually starred as a detective in the 2011 NBC pilot of Wonder Woman that just didn't get off the ground, but he was in that as well. You actually can see clips of him in it on YouTube if you want. I actually saw a couple. It was really interesting. This is the ninth film in the DC Extended Universe. If you guys think later, like think of where you'd rank this out of nine i didn't tell you that pre-show but think about that um and we all I, I talked about this with offline with you guys but hans zimmer came back to do the music in this 
and I thought it was an interesting choice. He used the song from uh, Batman versus Superman during the Martha scene. I don't have the name of the song, but I'll include the link in the show notes. It'll have the name there. Wild choice for me <laughs> in this in this movie, but uh, his touch was felt throughout this film. And then a spoiler uh, in particular. Uh, so fast forward 15 seconds from this point on as well. But uh, Gal Gadot was actually on the Graham Norton show. And Graham Norton actually inadvertently spoiled that the Invisible Jet was going to be in this movie. So this was actually a spoiler that was out there before all of that came to fruition, which I didn't even hear that spoiler, so I was thankful. Neither did I. Good. (laughs) Interesting. So it is a 5.8 on IMDb out of 10 stars, and I will look up the Rotten Tomatoes score after I give this to you, Jarrett. But real quick, Jarrett, if you could just give us a brief review of what you think this movie is non-spoiler with your rating as well go ahead Jared. okay so i'm gonna go ahead and give this a 3.5 which um i'd venture to guess is probably the lowest we'll get out of the infinity bros but i think this movie tries to do things um it it tries to tell a certain story it tries to elicit certain emotions and it lands less often than i would like it to it's a good movie but it's definitely not great um, the acting was absolutely phenomenal, but I feel like it struggled in a lot of other areas. Um, all in all, this is probably not one I'll watch again, but it was it was nice to watch once. It got 65% on Rotten Tomatoes. Something I forgot to bring up earlier in trivia as well, Isaac. This was certified fresh going into premiere day, but as the day went on and no more journalists got access to it, it actually dropped in its score from originally, I believe it was 79 or 80%. I can look that up and place a link in the show notes for you to read if you'd like. But it now sits at 65. It's still fresh, not certified fresh for those that care about the Rotten Tomatoes score. Isaac, what is your non-spoiler rating of this movie? So non-spoiler rating, I'd say I went into this with not like super high expectations. A couple of you guys had given some non-spoiler thoughts before I had watched it. Um so I went in thinking, you know what, this uh, might not be the best movie of the year, and I was right about that, but I was actually pretty pleased with it. It's definitely not the best uh, DC movie and doesn't come close to the first Wonder Woman in my eyes, um, so underwhelming, but I still enjoyed it, so I gave it a 4.5 out of 6. Yeah, my non-spoiler rating of this is actually, Jared, I'm going to go lower than you, I'm going to give this a... 2.9 out of 6. Oh, wow. Um, Whoa, when I first dang, dude. walked out of seeing it, I thought it was okay. But as I've had more time to sit and process it, the film just gets a little bit worse. And yeah. I'll talk about that in our spoiler review. So that is our non-spoiler rating. So make sure you come on back or fast forward to Soul if you want to listen to that part. We're grateful you stopped by. Enjoy the movie. Come on back and hear our spoiler review later. But we're going to go ahead and put the spoiler bumping right here. This is Prepare Yourself An Infinity Bros Prepare Yourself Spoiler Warning Alright, let's get into some spoilers here Jared, why don't we go back to you You said you had a 3.5 out of 6 Can you give maybe some more spoiler thoughts? Isaac, we can join in in the conversation as well Why such a low score for you, Jared? I think there was a lot of moments that that didn't make any sense, uh, even within like the hand wavy rules that they made up in this universe. And on top of it, like 
we'll talk about the end more specifically as this goes on. But the end, I thought that it would all come together at that point and then finally like pay off for what had been, frankly, a really cheesy movie. Um, I saw the comparison online that it felt like they got Hallmark writers for part of this. And, and I kind of felt that actually a little bit. Um, it wasn't horrible. There are some parts of it that I really thoroughly enjoyed. And we'll get to that with our top five. But overall, it felt really cheesy, kind of poorly written. Um, you could tell that the actors were still like giving it their all. Pedro Pascal delivered a phenomenal performance, even though his writing was probably the worst of all the characters, I feel like, um, which kind of shows his range. But there was so much to this that just felt like almost like a I hate to make this comparison, but like a weird pure flicks type movie. You know what I mean? Um, and then the CGI in this, some of the special effects were so absolutely awful. Like anytime she was flying, I it, it was so far from believable to me that it just felt like a really, really bad, like low budget movie. And I, I couldn't stomach it. No, again, like I don't want to fully trash this movie. It's not horrible. It's definitely not the worst DC movie out there. But I think it was trying to do things and trying to elicit emotions. And it just didn't land the way I wanted it to. This one's super hard too, Jarrett, because this is a movie that everybody wanted to do well. Oh, absolutely. This is one of those movies that I could not help going in with high expectations. And and Right. It's kind of hard. I mean, I think we all had somewhat high expectations just because we haven't seen a good superhero movie all year. So we, we were all, like, ready to see this movie and unfortunately just fell kind of flat to a lot of people. In, in light of the first, I, and I think that's part of what makes makes this one harder to stomach is, like, the first one was so great. And I don't know, I don't know what the transition was between Wonder Woman one and Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four, that that made them decide to take the choices that they did, and and I kind of wish because Wonder Woman the first one felt a lot darker, a lot more serious. Um, there were some really raw emotional moments, and I think they tried to capture that at different parts in this one, but again, like it just didn't land. It's so interesting. So Jerry, you brought up a couple things, and we'll talk more details and spoilers, but broad strokes, real quick. This is such a well-acted movie. Gal Gadot, Pedro Pascal, Chris Pine, and I would argue Kristen Wiig did yeah. a remarkable job. I was actually surprised at her performance just because I've never seen her in a serious role before, so I didn't really know how I was going to respond to that, but I thought she did a really she great job, honestly. She absolutely perfectly. I believed she was a nerd. I loved her transformation, and then it all went to hell when she went into the CGI. Guys, I talked about this earlier this year when we saw the DC Fandom clip. It looked bad then. It looked worse at home. I, I, I looked at it on a big screen. I looked at it on an iPad. I looked at it on a computer. I literally went back to look at these images before I came on this show and said this. Unbelievable. This is the second straight time that they've messed up the third act fight. And I don't know if this is WB. I, according to Jenkins, the first time around, that was a WB choice. But I'm having a hard time believing Patty Jenkins didn't make a lot of these choices. This was because rough, yeah. be, Because Pedro Pascal, we talked about his lines. His lines were abysmal, Jarrett. They're horrible. They were horrible. I mean, he was such a poorly written character from a word perspective from from the things coming out of his mouth they were abysmal everything else around it worked his abilities and how he was manipulating people and 
a little bit of a commentary there to what's going on in real world right now, I would argue. I'll leave it at that. Um, his relationship with his son really got to me. Yeah. He really sold that ending with his kid. Yeah, absolutely. But that is not because of the script. Because the script did not let me have enough time and storytelling to appreciate it. I, I just happened to be a father of a two-year-old son who's probably more emotional to that like you've been, Isaac, with your kids in movies. Oh, yeah. But, like, I, I firmly believe that was Pedro Pascal. It was not the script. Patty Jenkins did an abysmal job here. Yeah. This, this is this is shameful for her. For the standard I've set for her, I've set on this show, I think she is I'm, – I'm, I'm bummed. And it and makes me nervous for Rogue Squadron. This is making me nervous. And it makes me nervous for Wonder Woman 3. I'm wondering if somebody else should take a crack at it. Because – Gal Gadot is dynamite. I believe Gal Gadot in all of it. I she's my Wonder Woman. I mean, Chris Chris Pine does a great job too, but Kristen Wiig was great till they put her in CGI. I think the thing that gets me is just the the huge change of direction that they took Wonder Woman eighty four. Like I don't like Jarrett. You mentioned earlier that Wonder Woman had such a serious tone, and I think part of that was why it what made it a good movie and then they just like went 180 and this movie was like campy you mentioned it was cheesy like they it wasn't like it they tried to make it serious and it didn't come out right they went for the campy tone and i i don't know why that is and i think that's why it's not a better movie obviously but i man i just it's so interesting to to me why they made those decisions and it's it's honestly a little bit of a letdown. That's why I mentioned it was an underwhelming movie, but I think there were enough good parts in it for me to redeem it. Now, is this a movie that I'm going to re- repeat and watch over and over again? No, like I'm not going to watch this, you know, 20 times a month like I do Into the <laughs> Spider-Verse. But um, it, it just, I don't know. I don't know what was the thought process in Patty Jenkins' head going th- going into this movie and why she took the the direction that she did. It just, I don't know, it baffles let's, me. Let's talk about a couple things and just break it down by beat by beat here. The opening sequence on Themyscira when Gal Gadot's character of Wonder Woman is a young girl, what did we think of that? What did we think of the, what I would call, very on-the-nose storytelling and very on-the-nose foreshadowing versus letting me discover what they were trying to tell me versus flat out saying this is truth is truth blah 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 blah. I I'll I'll go first I guess since I'm just diving right into it. I hated how they had to spell it out for me right before I get to even see Gal Gadot. Yeah. I really felt like they were patronizing me. Yeah. And I was like you don't need to patronize me. I this is this is Wonder Woman. I'm here for it. You can tell me a deep story here. This is a th- these movies can tell deep stories, especially the DC ones. I feel like the I feel like the DC ones have a bigger platform to tell me a story than the Marvel ones. Absolutely, and and I think like that's the that's the benefit of like the comics that they draw from is DC's always done a good job of showing not telling, and and like this is a big problem that Hollywood's been having for a while. Let's you know point a finger at like uh, the sequel trilogy for Star Wars. They kind of did the same thing, right? We don't need the yeah. exposition. We don't need the the moral lesson that's just like thrown in our face at the beginning. Show, don't tell. We're we're grownups. We understand how this works. Um, the the actual scene itself was kind of cool. I like to see the 
you know, a little bit more of like yes. what the Amazonians do for fun. And if they would have left it at that and not done the whole exposition part, it would have been great. The colors were great too. First yeah. 30 minutes of this movie, Patty Jenkins color scheme that they were selling on all the posters. I saw it and I bought it and I was like, wow, we're Patty Jenkins is at it again. And then the story kicked in. Isaac, what about you? What'd you think of famous Kara? I thought that part was fantastic. Um, I think you definitely are making a good point that it was a little on the nose, uh, but the whole Amazonian like contest that was going on, I was all in on that. Very cool. And then the lesson she learns at the end, I don't know. I Again, it was a little on the nose, and it was kind of like, oh, okay, then. Well, <laughs> I guess that's what we're getting here in this movie. But, but the whole scene itself, I was very excited about and it got me really pumped for the beginning of the movie but um yeah we'll get into the later in the movie but and you mentioned the colors too patty jenkins did a great job in the beginning of this movie probably the first hour with the cool 80s theme yeah you know the scene i'm talking about where she's sitting there eating the meal by herself yeah that scene was like bam color 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 yeah and i was like oh if this is how this whole movie is gonna be there could be an Oscar potentially up for grabs if this is how it's going to be the whole movie. And then after the mall scene, the color scheme just dropped. It just swerves. Yeah, and they kind of they kind of forgot about the whole 80s theme yeah. after that, I feel like. They, they just they, they just it. they didn't drag it out like they they sh- they could have put more into it than they did. And, and I think that's a little bit of a letdown. Yeah, I agree with you there, Jarrett. I mean, Isaac, excuse me. Um let's let's talk about the mall scene, how, you know, we're getting her as a hero. Saving people, saving people, saving little kids, obviously comes in conflict with the guys that are going to steal the the stone, which becomes the MacGuffin of the show. What did you guys think of that? Did you guys enjoy? And Jerry, you kind of talked about, we could talk about this as well. Superpowers from her. It felt as if she was Spider-Man almost in this. Did you not feel that way, Jared and Isaac? Her reliance on the whip and stuff was pretty different. And like, the thing is, is I... I kind of enjoyed the mall scene a little bit just because it felt like the the 80s Wonder Woman TV show. Like it, it did feel like that and that's what like they were going for. And at that point I was like, okay, this is cheesy, but it is kind of like I'm going to give it a pass because it does feel like the old TV show, which I know they were paying um, homage to because they talked about it in DC Fandom. And I was like, okay, this is cool. I, I did not hate that part at all. I didn't either. I, I didn't. I, I just I think I hated more of Wonder Woman is her own character. Don't sell me that she's Spider-Man, a female Spider-Man. I think that went along too with the like just the change in direction that they took her. Like it, she just felt like she had a different style in this movie too. And you know, granted, you could maybe make the point that she's been at it for forty years and stuff like that. But just with the CG that they went into it and stuff, it just I don't know. It didn't feel as real as Wonder Woman. You know, like it just felt like. This is more like she was floating at times. Yeah, like you know? when and she would pick like, up yeah. kids, even in the scene later in the in the desert, when she picked mm-hmm. the kids up, it was so green screen. It was it was terrible. Oh, they look like rag dolls. Yeah, they didn't look I, real. I, like they did not sell to me that Gal Gadot was picking up these kids. Yeah. The CGI in this was absolutely horrible. Yeah, that's that's a real bummer. And I I thought it might have something to do with like, hey, maybe it's a translation onto my screen i don't know what it is but it didn't get any better throughout the whole movie it got worse it got worse yeah (laughs) big bummer the other point that's not getting drilled about this is gal gadot in wonder woman the first one so we'll say we'll call it wonder woman one just for the sake of the conversation in wonder woman one 
she is a strong woman and you believe that she's going to kick your ass. Yeah, absolutely. And in this one, they tear it down. Obviously, that's what you do in sequels. You strip them from their powers or you take away a thing they love from them. That's every superhero movie. I get it. I've seen the trope. I get you got to do it with a Thamascaran princess like this, right? But to essentially not make her strong in what I would say in the CGI scenes, she just looked weak the whole time by doing it that way. And she's you kind of said, Jared, she looks like she's floating. Yeah. And that, to me, was a betrayal of what I saw in the first one. Right. Yeah, exactly. That was the character. I saw. So and different. I still believe that character is there. Again, I do not fault Gal Gadot in the slightest for this. Um, but this is this. These are just weird choices. What did we think of Maxwell Lord and the Dreamstone? So essentially, the big question of Wonder Woman was how is Steve Trevor going to come back? We find out that it's because everybody in this universe essentially gets a wish by the end of the movie. Um, and Gal Gadot's character of Diana and uh, Barbara Minerva, uh, they both get their wishes. Barbara Minerva becomes this strong, independent, sexy, as she calls it woman and uh gal gadot gets steve trevor back did we like this storyline obviously in the comics maxwell lord is similar in this he he has these powers without the stone what did we think of this Jarrett? what were your thoughts the the way that they go about getting steve back was so buck wild to me um when she sees him and and i hated the scene where she first sees that guy and he's like oh it was so dumb like what like you expect this big like climactic scene where she sees him across the room and stuff and it just why did (laughs) it it have to be that guy yeah why was it some other dude why not just have him look like steve from the get-go yeah why couldn't he just (sighs) appear out of nowhere and 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 like that's another (laughs) part of this is the whole time that they're doing this i'm thinking like does nobody care that this dude just like disappeared for a week or whatever? <laughs> yeah. well, and, and this is a great point, Jarrett. This gets to the storytelling and why my rating is so low. It took me out of the movie for 10 minutes because Sarah and I are talking. We're like, that's not him. That's not him. This is a trick. Maxwell Lord is playing a trick on her. That's what I'm thinking the whole time. And I couldn't. And basically by the end, when we get to the client and we're jumping around, sorry, that's how we do it on this podcast. But when we get to the end where she kisses and renounces her wish, yeah. Uh, that's the point where I'm like, oh my gosh, that was really him the whole time. Like yeah. literally up to that point. Yeah. It took that happening for me to realize that was him the whole time. That was actually him. I I, I didn't understand the choice. Everything else is so hand wavy. You know what I mean? Like every, every, everything else is excused and they're like, okay, why can't Steve just come back? Why does he have to take over this other dude's body? It made no sense. They never explained that. <laughs> made no sense. <sighs> Which is hear, terrible. Okay, so. Which is abs- Sorry, I was like, I'll cut you off. Which is, it's so terrible because we needed that to be more climactic. Yes. We needed that to be the cornerstone of this movie. Yes. And it was a scene that was stolen by my mind. <laughs> my mind was taken out of the moment because, and not because I'm like, oh, I want this movie to be the way that I think it's going to be going into it, but because you, you're, you're not setting the rules for me here. And, and, and another rule that really set me off before we get to you, Isaac, is she didn't even say out loud, I wish for this. Diana did not say out loud, I wish for Steve Trevor to be alive. <laughs> and then, b- banking off of that, they go into, <laughs> he's in the president, Maxwell Lord is in the president's office, and he's like, so the particles are touching each other. Oh, oh my 
gosh. I, I <laughs> so they need to be touching him to get <laughs> We're getting the wish, the right? Yes. But no, no, all no, no. the this particles. Is part of it. He's right. This the is part particles of it. are touching. So it's it's all good, guys. It's all good. Oh. We cannot <laughs> talk was... about the end yet. We cannot talk oh about gosh. it yet. Oh my gosh. Either DC came in with a red pen, or I guess Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers came in with a red pen and totally destroyed everything Patty had. Or Patty Jenkins is really not as good as we think she is. Yeah. And she just happened to nail the first one because it had a low budget and it was in a timepiece that we didn't really get with superheroes. And it's it's super questionable. Isaac, that's a great, great point. An additional point I'd like to talk about with this movie. An additional rule is, how come Minerva gets a second wish? Oh, exactly. Like, why couldn't Diana just wish again for her powers back? And to double down on that, right? The whole premise is like, you cannot, and we're going to get into the end because we're, we're going there anyways. The whole premise is like every single person on the entire face of the earth has to renounce their wish or it doesn't work, right? That's the rules that they set in place when they were talking about this. Let's Let's just say, this is hypothetical here. If you take... 7 billion people on the planet. Let's just say half of them, 4.5 billion people saw this broadcast and made a wish. You think 4.5 billion people are going to take back their wishes? Beyond that, right? No, like not even not just like the numbers game of how many people are not going to take back their wish, right? The whole point is that every single person has to do it. And we know from a fact that that Barbara does not want to do this. She refuses to do this. So one of two things happened. Either they broke the rules that they set aside in this movie, she never renounced her wish, or she did off screen, which is worse. Because that's supposed to be like a big character development that she won't break. That's her rule is she wants to keep this no matter the cost. And either she breaks that off screen or she doesn't at all and they've broken their rules. And both of those options suck. On top of it too, let's let's just let's address the elephant in the room here. People are getting mad. People like you, me, and Isaac, Jared, yes, that are criticizing this movie, yeah, because it's a female lead. <laughs> I want to talk about something that I felt was sexist in this. Please, Wonder Woman would not give up Steve Trevor to get her powers back and save the world. It took her a very long time to do that. I'm sorry, guys, that is not Diana. No, that's not her. I'm sorry, it doesn't. She loves Steve Trevor. Don't get me wrong. She loves him in the comics, but that ain't her. She is Thamascara ride or die. Yeah, she's so selfless. She is save the world ride or die. And she is a strong, independent woman. If she is a strong, independent woman, she do not need no man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm serious. Like, I'm being real right now. I felt like she It was like, and Steve Trevor's like begging her. And she's like, no, I can't give you up. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. This is not the Diana, Diana Prince that I have watched in Wonder Woman and I would argue Batman versus Superman and Justice League, even though for some reason now, Patty Jenkins doesn't want to acknowledge Justice League. I I was floored by this, guys. Well, even she said, like, okay, so Steve says when she's like, where have you been? He essentially says, like, oh, no, it's cool. I was in heaven. <laughs> like, what, what is your issue sending him back? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what it, he says, like, I don't know where I've been, but it's someplace great. What is your like I I she is not this selfish. No, she's not. And and she can miss him and she can love him and she can have a hard time giving him back. Yeah. 
but the length and the way she was going about it is not the character and it certainly isn't try, isn't representative of how strong women are these days. And that's a huge piece of feedback that I think a lot of people aren't going to give this movie. That or it's going to get said by only men, air quotes, and then it's going to be received poorly. I I was very disappointed in this because I feel firmly that Diana Prince is I think she's the backbone of, of the Justice League. Absolutely. She she people say that Superman's the moral backbone, but how many times have we seen Superman go off the deep end in the comic books? I I I think she she is the brute force of the Justice League. She is the understanding of the greater good over everything else. And I had just a very difficult time watching Gal Gadot have to do this. <laughs> like I feel like Gal Gadot, Chris Pine, Kristen Wiig and Pedro Pascal were given this script and we're like, you got to be kidding me. This is the follow up to what you guys did the first time. Like, come on, guys. Come on. I really I wish I could know what they were thinking. Right. I now. wish I, I and and this is the question for me, because it, I do think Patty Jenkins did have to defer somewhat to Warner Brothers. Yeah. And I'd love to know how much. Right. Mm-hmm. But. She's got to take some ownership of some of this. Right. I mean, the whole direction that they went in this film is is due to her, you know, her leadership and her direction. Maybe some of the small details and stuff like that were Warner Bros. But, I mean, this film is hers. This is her. This is her thing. So she's got to she's got to be at least partially and mostly, I should say, even uh, responsible for most of the decisions made in this movie. I feel like. What did we think of the armor? The gold armor. They built it up. It's underused. It looked yeah, cool. they built it up, and then she was like in it for what, like, twenty minutes, maybe, not even, not even. And then they rip off the wings right away. Yeah, I don't know. It was like, yeah, she could have really used the wings at the end there. <laughs> it was, it was sweet looking armor. I just wish they would have used it, it more. Yeah, it, it, I, I loved it. I love the armor. It was, the, it was the highlight of the movie. To it me. was absolutely fantastic. And then, and then the reveal that it was. That it was Linda Carter playing her. That was, that was great. Cool. Playing Asteria. I think that that's great. Awesome. Yep. I would assume she's coming back for Wonder Woman 3. I would love that. I would love it too. I'm all about it. I, I, I That was actually kind of the highlight of the movie to me. Was, uh, I'm serious. That, and I'm not, I'm not cracking. And then, I'm, and then, <laughs> well, I'm not cracking on the movie. I think it was a great yeah, I think no. it was a great choice. And I think it was like, I loved that story. I loved, I loved that, that lore. And I think that's another thing that this movie didn't do that I wish. I wish that she would have gone back to Themyscira and and they would have looked at her and been like, you're really going to give up the world for a man. Were you touching Maxwell Lord when you made that wish, Max? <laughs> no, I wasn't, but I was I was I was okay. watching it on the TV with the particles. You're watching. OK, all right. Then, then it's going to be granted. Right. You're fine. You're fine. Particles are touching. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I can't believe. Can it. we talk? Can we please talk about the yeah, let's let's well, let, let's talk about a couple other things real quick. Um. Let's talk about uh, Barbara Minerva. What did we think of her character development? Did we like the the tension that you know she lost her humanity? That was what she sacrificed. I personally enjoyed that. It was another bright spot of this movie. Five out of six for me. Again, another and again, I, I give that just because Kristen Wiig did a great job of transforming her character. I felt she sold it. Yeah, but this again was writing. <laughs> this again was like the writing of like they just had to spell it out for me. And I didn't need it spelled out. It was clear and obvious why she was doing and what she was giving up. Right. 
Yeah. Yeah, definitely that. And I don't know. And I think this this wasn't Kristen Wiig because I'm on the on the same boat as you. I thought she did a great job. But like halfway through the movie when she gets her power, she just starts running. <laughs> you could have just said that. Yeah. Why are you why are you running? She runs to <laughs> to beat that guy up in the street and then just sprints away afterwards. Like uh okay <laughs> and the homeless guy is like why are you beating him up i'm like dude that dude was sexually harassing her he tried to rape her earlier like that is absolutely a warranted response and they're trying to make me feel like that guy should be with like she's dehumanized for kicking that guy no way no way no not at all the only surprising part of this entire thing was the invisible jet and even that was spoiled yeah the invisible jet was like okay yeah, wasn't bad. And that was the thing. <laughs> like, I was like, of all the things that were campy or cheesy, wh- why was that the only one that sort of landed? I was okay with that. Like, I, I actually was kind of okay with that. I think uh, I went into this movie not expect, obviously not expecting the campy, uh, like, vibe that this movie is giving off. But I think about probably 40 or 45 minutes in, I realized that this is a campy movie. And when I when I took that into effect, I was able to enjoy the movie a lot more um, than expecting it to be a serious movie and just getting disappointed when they cracked silly jokes or, you know, the action was just super cheesy or whatever. So I think that's why my rating of it is so high, just because I feel like after those first, you know, 45 minutes, I just kind of let go of my expectations for the movie and the moments in it, there, there were some, like, maybe three or four really good moments in the film that really brought it up for me. Other than I the mall like, scene, so. the only part that, like, I felt okay with the weird tonality of this was uh, the bit with Steve where they were dressing him up and then he went to the mall and they were trying to, like, like he was discovering what the 1980s They showed were like. us that too, Jarrett. They showed us that in the trailer. I know. That's true. And, yep. like, that, that part was okay. But they kept that tone through the whole thing, and it felt so weird. Yeah, they 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 really dropped the ball on this one. This one gets worse the more you think about it. And it's sad. That's why I gave it a 2.9. Yeah, let's talk about the ending. Let's talk about the ending. Jarrett, you've been needing to talk about the ending. Go, you just go, okay. you just go right, we'll Jared, follow you. Go, go for it. I have to. I have to. Okay. Do you, you guys know what Pure Flix is, right? Okay. This ending felt like a Pure Flix ending. Where she lassos him and is like, I wasn't talking to you. We're all struggling. Let's all renounce our wish together. Everybody hold hands with me and say, I'm sorry that I wished for something selfish. Like, it, the the feeling that I got from this, and, and again, like, I don't want to rag on this movie too much because there is one good part at the end, which is, you know, Alistair and his whole whole bit. But her her speech and then, like, that whole, like, lasso of truth, I'm speaking to the audience, not you. It gave me big, like, imagine vibes. You know what I'm talking about? Like, when we were all first trying to go over COVID and figuring out, like, what the world looked like, and they did the imagine video on Twitter. This is That's exactly, what this ending yep. felt like to me. Yep. I was like, what the heck are you doing? <laughs> like, what is this? Which, ironically, Gal Gadot was in that video, but that's neither here nor yes. there. N- on top of that, too, Jarrett, this just felt like... the Okay, I can actually buy the lasso of truth compelling people to see it. Sure. Like I, I, I actually think that works for me. 
Hey, if Maxwell Lord can compel people to take a wish through the broadcast, I mean, yeah. she should be able to compel people to tell the truth. <laughs> that was fine. It was Gal Gadot saying those things that I was like, what on who in the Sam Heck told in, in what world is he so strong that he's pinning her against a wall when she's at full strength? Oh, yeah. Like the whole like, where did the wind come? It was bizarre. She was powerless this whole movie, Jarrett. She yeah. did barely anything. She learned how to fly. And she learned how to fly. She learned how to fly worse than than Man of Steel. When Clark <laughs> Kent like fell into a rock. Yeah. This is a this is a betrayal of the character, I would argue. But the only reason I stick at 2.9 is cuz I think like Pedro Pascal sold it to me. He really did. He sold that this guy was no joke. Like Gal Gadot is Wonder Woman. She looks the part. I think I think this is another bummer of this movie is that pedro pascal did amazing but his character could have been so much more amazing with better writing or better screenplay or better literally anything like he he did such a great job acting and his character just it didn't feel like it felt like he was just desperate the whole movie and he didn't really have a plan he was just like going by the seat of his pants which makes him less it made it made him less threatening as a villain, honestly. And like, it was hard to understand see, how he was like a master planner behind the scenes, right? Exactly. When he wasn't and, acting, and I that feel way. like that would have been a lot cooler if if you had seen all the planning that he had done prior to this. But it just felt like it was so disjointed, and then he just just concocted his master plan in the four seconds that he talked to the president. You know, it's just like uh, okay. This is the other thing they cannot blame the pieces they had in place the sun being there was a great tool it was a it, it was a great character to really dive into him even at the end when they kind of show his backstory of his dad being abusive like why not show that to us earlier why yeah. did i have to see that then and like i'm like is that him i don't know if that's him that's what sarah said she's like is that true Lord? yeah i didn't even know what was going on like, until they're not, they're not probably halfway through the sequence then it was like oh this is right. him isn't it <laughs> oh okay. i i i hold to this i i told sarah i said i was sobbing when pedro pascal was holding his boy and said you don't have to wish for me to love same. you same same it was a great that was the one well-written line and that's pedro pascal because there was no storytelling aside from him blowing off his son three times. Like there was no story. He was just like, oh, I don't want to be with my kid. I'm gonna go do this thing. Like that's not that's not storytelling. That is just like making me feel bad for a little kid. I it was lazy. Very lazy storytelling. We we do not deserve Pedro Pascal or Gal Gadot. Oh, absolutely. Take this with a grain of salt, because I'm not I, I never watched Game of Thrones which sounds like maybe in, in 2020, that's an okay thing. Um, but I, I will say like the reaction that people had to, um, was his name Jeffrey or Joffrey? Help me out here, Isaac. Joffrey. That that actor did such a phenomenal job that me not even seeing this TV series, oh, yeah, he was like repulsive. I know that people, people were repulsed by that actor for how good he did of that job. And I yeah, think that's he, kind of the same vibe that I got to from hate him. He was an easy yeah. character to hate. So, like, again, obviously, we know Pedro Pascal is phenomenal because of Mandalorian. Like, he literally acts without us seeing his face. But, like, I got the greasy car salesman vibe every single time he was on screen. Like, he sold his part for how bad the writing was. And then at the end, 
and and here's my issue with it, right? If you take every single one of the scenes where he blows off his son and you make it an actual moral struggle for him, that that already good little bit that you talked about where they where they gather together and he says, you know, you don't have to wish to love me, that would have landed even more so if it was like, okay, he's so incredibly sleazy and selfish, but the one thing that he is is a good father. You can't even say that. Right. Can't. Yeah, because the, the two or three times in the middle of the film where he's he is the timepiece or whatever, he just literally is like, oh, I've got my kid again. Ah, I just storms exactly. off. my weekend. So buck wild. Yeah. This, and I will argue too, this is probably one of the only feel good Please. DC movies. Like, you've got Shazam in there too, probably, but this is, Don't what, you this dare is why I rated it so high. Shazam. No, absolutely not. <laughs> Don't you dare even try to compare this movie to Shazam. I'm, I'm saying it's in the same vein as a feel good oh. movie. This is why I rated it high because I, ha- I had good feelings going through this movie. I did movie. not. You had good feelings, in my opinion, because of the people on the screen, and we all love Wonder Woman. Like, we love Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. And that's okay, by the way, to love her as Wonder Woman because she's doing a great job at it. I left this movie feeling bad, and I'll tell you why. Alistair, for all of his heart and all of his love for his father, gets him for a couple minutes. You know his dad's going to jail for, like, the rest of his foreseeable <laughs> life. His mom's that, not so. there. I And, like, Diana doesn't get Steve. Like, I did not leave this movie feeling good. I, I agree. I think this was a very, very cheap attempt to be like a Marvel movie. Which they don't have to. No. Patty, Patty, we gave no, you a pass. They you don't have to be and, with... and here's the thing. Patty, I'll let you go do the third one. That's how much I believe in you. Yeah. I don't mind that you screwed it up. Go back and do a third one and close this trilogy out the right way. Yeah. If it suffered from sequel syndrome. Totally. They They should have dropped either Barbara Minerva or Maxwell Lord. Probably Barbara. It's gonna it's it's gonna be hard to, for for me to hear Pedro Pascal shouldn't be in this given all he's done this year. His he he is having a killer twenty twenty. And after after all the praise we've given him already, I mean, like he did he acted his heart out in this movie. They all did. It wasn't his fault that it. They all it, did. Yeah, I, I I blame none of them. Chris Pine, we didn't give enough credit to, but he's great too. He did great, absolutely. And the and the and the genre of flipping it of like you know he's new in the world. That was cool. That was good. I liked it. It was good. Can I can I add one more thing before we close nope. out on this? This is a podcast. This is a we comment. have time. We have time. We gotta go. I'm kidding. Go ahead. This is a this is a comment I made to Christian. I was like, man, I feel like Chris's Pine, Chris Pine's character in any movie is just like look pretty, give a great speech, inspire somebody, and die. Like that's literally <laughs> his character in every movie he's in. Mark, uh, Infinity Bro, Mark. I want to read a couple other things real quick. I want to give Robbie's review because I know he wasn't able to be on. Robbie says, Wonder Woman 84 is a 4.7 out of 6. Wonder Woman announcing her wish was the best scene in the movie by far, but the beginning was very slow and the ending was trying to do too many things at once. In my opinion, Wonder Woman 1984 suffered from the sequel curse. It's what Iron Man 2 is to Iron Man just slightly better. I don't even think that's a fair comparison to Wonder Woman. Um, cause Iron Man two was just sequel building. It was like Iron Man two is the neck is the necessary sacrifice for Marvel to be what it is today. Um, yeah, there's a lot of foundation. Wonder building. Woman two is just kind of a mess. Yeah. I don't think it's building anything. I don't think it's fair to compare those two. I, I know Robbie and his, I think it, it, I can't speak for him fully, but I would imagine that what Robbie is trying to convey here is it's sequelitis. Like you said, I, Isaac, they're trying to do too much. And I don't think I actually don't think they were trying to do too much. 
I think they should have. I think they could have dropped Barbara Minerva, but I do think there was a way for her to be in this and get it done right. Right. I don't think they. I don't think they had to. If they had just built a better movie, <laughs> it could have. It could have worked, but unfortunately, it didn't work out. Mark just texted us. He's watching it as we're recording, apparently, with his wife. His wife said, "Because of this shit, this is why Marvel is better." <laughs> Alrighty. <laughs> oh, Twenty minutes in, she said that. So. <laughs> sorry for the swear words guys i know we're typically a family friendly podcast so my apologies um let's head over to soul a reminder this is going to be a spoiler review for the movie soul so if you're not interested in getting spoiled pause this come on back later uh you can also fast forward ahead we're going to do a top five moments from wonder woman 1984 um we're going to dive right into spoilers but before we do i want to talk about this movie uh directed by pete doctor and kemp powers they co-directed pete doctor also gets credit for writing he did the story and screenplay mike jones also gets credit as well it stars jamie fox as joe tina fey is 22 graham norton as moonwind rachel house as terry alice braga as counselor jerry <laughs> richard how do you say richard i think it's aoade shimini christmas jared that's something Richard Ayade, <laughs> as Counselor Jerry. They were, I loved how they had multiple Jerry's. We'll talk about that in a bit. I was like, I felt like that was a nice reference. I, maybe they didn't mean to do a reference to like Parks and Rec, but it felt to me like a reference to that. Uh, Felicia Rashad as Liba, Danelle Rawlings as Dez, Questlove as Curly, Angela Bassett as Dorothy, Dorothy, excuse me, um, and David Diggs plays Paul. This is a really stacked cast. Yeah, absolutely. Like when I when I listened to it, I didn't sense, I didn't like he know who it was. But when I go back and read this, I'm like, oh, it's that person. No, it's that person. Okay, it makes more sense. So, um, really good quest love in this was great too. Um, the synopsis reads: A musician has lost his passion for music, and he's transported out of his body and must find a way back with the help of an infant soul learning about herself. It is a hour and forty minutes, and you can watch it on Disney Plus. It also premiered on christmas jared we will start with you you can go ahead and give a spoiler uh review as well uh, what is your rating of soul uh i'm gonna give this a 5.5 i love this movie it was not perfect um as a christian there was some stuff that i had issue with but overall for the message that it was trying to give and the story that it told this movie is phenomenal um we already talked about the cast the casting on this is incredible and as I was listening to it, I was like, man, this is so-and-so. This is so-and-so. The big one for me is like um, Rachel House has been getting more and more popularity. I don't know if it's because of her friendship with Taika Waititi and the shows that she's been in with him. But like, man, her character cracked me up the whole time. Um, yeah, this movie is phenomenal. Actually, I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. And a lot of it pays off at the end. Uh, there's a little bit of a lull in the middle, but this movie is phenomenal. I loved it. Isaac, what about you? I am right along with you, Jarrett. This movie gave off massive Inside Out vibes, and I know Max, you're a huge Inside Out guy. This, I don't know, it just this. It talk about feel good movies. I thought Wonder Woman made me feel good, but this movie makes you feel good. Like this is this is one of those Pixar movies that you better buckle up because you are going to be crying at some point during the movie, um, and. Man, it was it was way more complex and and deep than I expected it to be. I th- I was kind of just thinking, oh, it's a cool musical. Um, 
kind of like a look back, maybe maybe had some like, you know, history, music history type stuff in it. This was like way deeper than I expected it to. So I'm giving it a 5.5 as well. It was fantastic. Would absolutely watch it again. I will say though that because it was so deep, I was expecting a kids movie and because it's a Pixar animated movie, you expect it to be a kids movie. This is too deep for kids, man. This is this is a deep film. And I think my daughter would enjoy watching it, but she will have no idea what's going on through the whole movie. She, it'll just be cool to look at and and listen to the amazing musical score. Um, but man, it was deep, uh, very cool. There were a couple things at the end that I didn't feel like I got complete resolution at the end, honestly. Like I was expecting them to kind of map it out for me and tell me what exactly happened because there are a couple points in there where you're kind of left wondering like okay how did this all work out and they don't really spell it all out for you which maybe some people would like that but i was kind of looking for a little bit more but 5.5 fantastic movie would absolutely recommend to anybody yeah this one is way better than wonder woman 1984 but like if you're because these two are kind of going to be linked forever now because of they premiered on the same day. I'm going to give this a 4.8 out of 6. And I'm going to explain why. I actually did not like the main character, Joe. I think he I think they leaned a little too selfish on him and a little too arrogant in him. I think it showed through with 22's portrayal of him when he's on earth as the cat and it really was frustrating for me cuz I did, was not I was not cheering for him. And that was frustrating for me because I knew that I needed to be cheering for him. And at the end, go ahead. I kind of got the opposite vibe. I felt like through the beginning, you're supposed to think that he's the hero. He's the one with the purpose. He's got a drive and a goal and that's good. And we're supposed to be rooting for him. And then I think that feeling that you're getting is exactly what sold the movie for me is like they pick apart his character to such a thorough degree where by the end you're like, oh no, this isn't about his purpose. This isn't about his goal in life. It's about her. It's about yeah, living. That's, and a it's great, about- that's a great way to put it. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with you. That's a great way to put it. Where I would add with that though is I really wish he would have come to that realization a little earlier. Yeah, I get that. I, I will actually agree with you there, Max. Like I, I think I agree with you, uh, Jared, on everything you said. But man, he was still selfish almost up to the very, very end. Like he... he um went back to earth in his own body and was still like just looking out for himself like he almost didn't look yeah. back and and care about what happened to 22 before he realized like after the performance that he gave is like you know what this is not actually what i'm what i'm searching for what i'm looking for and i th- i think if even if they just had dropped little grains of of salt or, or sand you know throughout the movie of him kind of realizing that that would have been a little bit better, but for they him did. to be selfish so far up to the end of the movie and then just complete 180 twist was a little, a little unbelievable. Oh, but not, no, no, no. I, know, I think they, they did it. drop the screens of salt in every interaction that 22 in Joe's body had. It was it was there. I, I firmly disagree. I, I oh, think... no, no, no. I'm, I'm saying if they had dropped more of him coming to the realization that he was selfish that would have been made it more believable for me. I I think like like for instance, okay, we get to the very Jared. I'm gonna be you. I'm gonna jump to the very end right out the gate. Okay, please. We get to the very <laughs> end here. Okay, and they're like, hey, you can go back. We'll give you another go round at this thing called life. 
and and they kind of like pat him on the back and say, man, you got 22 to go to Earth. That's so crazy. It's like 22 went to Earth because she experienced life in his shoes. He wasn't wrong about that. He made that point, and he wasn't wrong about that. But they tried to make it look like he got her there, and he didn't. He, he didn't get her there. She got there on her own. Which to me, I, and maybe, and maybe that's like something the audience is supposed to pick up on too. But like, I, again, acting was great. There's no issue with any of the acting. It's not, it has nothing to do with Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx was great. I just wish they would have given him a little bit more redeemability. Mm-hmm. Just a, just a hair. I think it was a little too arrogant. Just a little too much. I, I definitely see where you're coming that's from. That's all it is. And, and this is hard because. In a, and this is a risk you run with a movie like this. You're stripping this character down and really essentially making him naked in front of the audience with what you're doing. You found out everything about this character in his life. And that's people too, by the way. Sometimes a person just is arrogant. Um, and that's just who they are. And that's a tough thing. I just wish with the resolution we got and with him actually making that jump metaphorically and literally with 22 to go to earth that he would have, that, that didn't feel as earned as it, as it was. That's what I would say. Um, but that's just with his character. I love to pieces this stinking cat in this movie. Oh yeah. My gosh. I, I had to pause my movie when he gets in the cat's body and then, the cut goes to the great beyond and the cat's like going to the great beyond. I I laughed for a good two minutes straight. Like I was busting out laughing. I was like, Oh my gosh, this cat just died because of this bit. (laughs) I loved it. I I loved everything with the cat. Anybody who listens to the show knows I'm a big cat guy. Um, I really, really, really liked how they edited this too with cuts. Oh, um, like the how they would cut beautiful. everything that they did visually was amazing. visually unbelievable. Th- this might, this is up there with one of the best they've ever done. Like in regards to every person that talked to 22 along her journey, I loved it. I, I, and I loved how she saw the flaws in each of them too. Like they didn't try to make them all perfect. I really, really liked that. Um, and that was tricky with some of the people they chose to do. Like Muhammad Ali would have been a tricky person to like air quotes, make look bad. Um, but they did it well. I, I really liked that. And I really, really liked the way that they chose to present how the universe does things. Theologically, I would firmly disagree with some things like you said, Jarrett. And I think that's part of the tension I have with this, to be honest, Jarrett. I get that. I, I'll be honest with you. I am a redemptive person. I think that is a gospel spiritual thing in me. Um, so I think that's part of my frustration with it. As minimal as the frustration is, I still like a four point five is a, a four point eight is a strong rating. Good, yeah. Um, I just, yeah, I, I, I firmly would would just say I really like the way they cut it. And I really like the way they edited. It. I think everything visually looked great. But I'm with you, Isaac. I, I don't know how I can when I can show this to my my kid. I watched this with just as a side note, like I watched this with my sons and they were completely lost. And and like some of the conversations that you would have surrounding this are. I feel like a little more adult, even like, uh, so you guys know, I work with kids. Um, I'm going to school to be a teacher and I, I'm hoping to teach here soon, but I, I currently work in a school with kids and the bit where you're, 
they're obviously it's comical, right? When they cut to her being criticized by all these different, you know, historical figures throughout history. And then all that sort of lands and takes a very, very different tone at the very end when he breaks into her little sandcastle or whatever, when she's a lost soul. And every single one of those voices that we were laughing at before are suddenly like thoughts and fears that we all as human beings have had. Like, I'm not good enough because of all these people along the way, right? And I think as a as an educator and as a parent, I realize like sometimes we're like, oh man, he's a hellion, you know, ah, he'll never, you know what I mean? Like sometimes we crack these jokes and it's like, nah, this is serious. Like people really do feel this way about themselves all the time. Um, I thought that was a cool part. You know what I mean? That little bit of, but that's not a thing that my son's going to get right. Watching this movie, he's never going to understand that beat. Or at least I hope he doesn't, not for a long time. (laughs) Well, and I, I, that was something we all kind of agreed on. I think Isaac, you'd agreed in this too, is this is a movie for adults. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. And and that's okay. By the way, Pixar, that is okay. Th- this is for the middle school and up crowd. Mm-hmm. I think that's fair. And, and I and, yeah, and I'm like okay I said, with it. I mean, visually it's beautiful. So, yeah, kids can still enjoy this movie, but they're not going to understand the theme of this movie until they basically become adults or free-thinking, you know, uh people. So, it's it's a little it's a little difficult because you think as as a as a Pixar uh, movie, you think it's targeted towards towards children, but this definitely is not targeted towards children. Yeah, I I really really liked this movie, and I loved the way they used music. Th- this movie with music, I really hope it was Jamie Fox playing these piano p- pieces. Yeah, that'd be great. I I feel like it was. I had to go back. I had to go Musically, back and look. I mean, the score is amazing. They did a really cool, lot of cool things with the music and the movie. And the one of my favorite parts in Soul is when they go into like the focus zone or whatever they call it, like, and you see all these uh, musicians oh, yeah. and actors like in the zone or whatever. That was like such a cool part because yeah, I don't know. I I I I'm not a current musician, but like back when I did play instruments and stuff like that, man, that that's a really cool relatable part for for people that are into music. And I just thought that was really awesome. And musically, I mean, it was a really, the musically, honestly, that's what really gave me the inside out vibes. Like they, they really uh, paralleled a lot of the kind of musical, like just kind of joyful, but light tones in a lot of their, um, their scores. And, and the, and then incorporating the jazz into it was, I mean, they were jazzing the whole time. Yes. Yeah. So they cool. literally were ja- like, he he's out loud saying it, but like they did it. Yeah. Right. It, it was great. I, the use of music is really what sells this movie. If you're a music snob, I, I feel like you're going to love this more than everybody. Else. Oh yeah. Right. You're, you're getting a leg up on everybody else. When you watch this, if you're a music snob, I really do feel that way. Jamie Foxx is such a good actor too. I, like, I love – I just think he's one of the most talented actors we have in the world right now. Um, and I think he's one of the most talented people because he can do a lot of different things. This whole cast, man. like This whole cast is. But, like, him him specifically, he's just dynamite. Like can't him, wait to him see him in Spider-Man this, 3. It's going to be great. Shut up. <laughs> he's, he's, he's dynamite. I really, really like this. Uh I really, really like him. The, the qualms I have with his character, I feel like, are, again, another writing thing. I don't think that's anything to do with him or his character. I, I also, too, and, and I think it needs to be said, this is great that it's Pixar's first uh, lead of color. 
I think that was a great choice for them. It was a pretty much cast of color choice uh, and Tina Fey. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I loved yeah. it and I was cool with it. And, I, and, and it didn't feel forced. It didn't feel weird. It felt just right. And, and it felt like a powerhouse Pixar movie. And props to Disney for that. <laughs> that that's that's doing it right. And it's Jared, you, me and Isaac, we've talked about this on the show for, for two years now. It's like representation matters. And this is a way you do it. And this movie will probably stick with a lot of people. What, what are we going to are we all collectively agreeing like not before the age of 12, though, would be a recommendation for parents out there? I think it's definitely watchable, but like, don't expect them to understand or, or get it. like my my son was like, oh cool, he's blue now. Like, right? I it, I it was think, not. There. I don't think it's one that you should shy away from showing your kids. Just don't expect them to understand what's going on. Like it's it's visually it's beautiful. The music is amazing. Um, it's just some really deep themes that I mean, it, unless you have a really um, mature kid, uh, they're probably not going to understand until middle age at least, maybe not even until high school, because they're just some really deep themes, which is really cool. But uh, yeah, again, it's it's. It, I wouldn't say don't watch it uh, with your kids, but just don't expect you them don't, to understand. What's you going don't on. sit down before bed and talk to your toddlers about uh, morality and purpose and, and the great beyond. <laughs> and... Right. <laughs> Wait, his purpose wasn't to do jazz. What? Right. What do you mean, Spea? What is my purpose in life, Daddy? Yeah. I think that for me is why I would maybe shy away from from watching it, to be honest. Sure. And, and I would say from a Christian perspective, like I don't know, I, I I did not like how they showed some of that. Yeah, that's fair. The Great Beyond was a little too like funny. They made him, uh, yeah, and they like they're like, oh, don't worry, heaven's a bug zapper. Like what? <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, this is a little too. I don't like yeah. it. <laughs> Treating it lightly. A little I, bit. I would be a little fearful of that if I was a kid. I I think what what it would do for kids is spur questions, which if you watched it with them would be a good thing because then you could hopefully answer those questions. But um, but you know, again, gosh, Jerry, can you imagine deep. if you're you're a kid? Your dad pops this in after watching Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse for the 20th time <laughs> and looks at you with a root beer in his hand and goes, all right, what did you think, Svea? <laughs> just, just Isaac just looking at her like all excited. All right, let's go. Right. I'm prepping her. I'm prepping her for, oh, for what she's going to face in life, guys. The next it's generation of Infinity Bros. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. All right, well, uh, you could check that out on Disney+. Plus. Great flick. 8.3 uh, out of 10 stars on IMDb. Let me pull the Rotten Tomatoes score up real quick. I'm going to edit this out. Squibbity bop. Please don't, please don't edit that You want me to leave this in? <laughs> I love that. Oh, yeah, I love okay, it. I'll leave it in. I'll leave it in then. I'll leave it in. Oh, 97%. Oh wow! Holy cow! Right. I believe that's what they call right. in the business certified fresh. Now Dang. Mark isn't gonna watch it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, can't. it's fresh and rotten tomato. I'm not watching it. <laughs> I'm Check not watching. Out. I'm making my own choices. I'm so edgy. Uh, it's like Iron Man two. That'll be Robbie's review. It's like Iron Man three. <laughs> All right, let's head to the top five. The we're going at three. Infinity Bros. Two. Top five. One. List. 
starts now. Every week we like to do a water cooler discussion, a top five segment based on the things that we've discussed in the previous days or weeks. Pretty easy here. Top five Wonder Woman moments from Wonder Woman 1984. We're going to do- Was it easy though? What's, what'd you say? Was it easy? Hard. No, I was going to say it was not easy to find a top five for this one. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, okay. yeah, this is bad. This is really bad. Yeah. Uh, Jared, we'll, we're going to go around. What's our number five moment? Jared, we'll start with you. Um, my number five moment was her childhood. Uh, the little scene that they do where she's in the competition. Um, not necessarily for the morality lesson that she gets at the end, but the cinematography and the way that they showed us a, a bit more character about um, what the mascara looks like. I love that part. I too did Thamascara as my number five. I thought the battle was great. I loved how the uh, fun fact too, about the actress, she did all her own stunts because her stunt double couldn't do what she was doing. So basically everything she's doing, that's not CGI. She did. Oh, wow. So I, I loved it. I thought she did a great job. Isaac, what about you? What's your number five? My number five is wonder woman flying. Okay. And this is not for the CG because the CG is not great. Uh, it's just a really cool moment where she, I feel like Wonder Woman feels that she reaches her full potential, you know? And I think that's a care, whether you like that moment or not, it's a character building moment for her. And I, I just thought it was cool that she was realizing that potential that she potentially had been holding back, you know, even since Trevor had passed away, like how many years before, like she could have been holding back that whole you know years decades of of re- not reaching her full potential so i th- i thought that was a cool moment yeah for sure uh number four Jared, let's go to you okay for my number four i had the bit where steve is trying on the different outfits and then him like exploring what 1984 looks like i'm um, not even lying that was to you, one Jared, of the few Jared, i'm not lying to you that's my number four as well is it, it's just like wow. it's hard it's, it's a hard one of the few parts of the movie it really is <laughs> it was one of the few points of the movie where like i genuinely found myself laughing and enjoying the movie i liked how he was excited about the shoes mm-hmm. these shoes i have <laughs> yes. to wear these shoes and the yes. fanny pack he, he like the, the american fanny pack. fanny pack was great what i did like at the end was how she saw the guy that he was in her body in his body any wearing in, that in the outfit. outfit i did think that was yeah. good I, I thought that. about putting that on top five. That like, was that good. Was, yeah, that's how little that scenes good. we had in this. Mm-hmm. I hated everything else about that scene. I know. Yeah, that one. I know, it was good. <laughs> uh, Isaac, what about number four for you? My number four is, you guys are, are not going to like me, it's actually the uh, golden armor fight between her and Cheetah. Again, it. not for the CG, because the CG is not great. But uh, that she is facing, and I will say, okay, I will say, I don't know how much CG is done on the golden armor itself. Like, I don't know what of it she is wearing and stuff like that. The golden armor looks sweet, even in the fight scene. So that part was really cool. And the fact that she, like, flies down, knocks those guys out initially, which unfortunately we saw in the trailer. But that part was really cool. Um, just the whole armor itself was was really cool. That's why I was so bummed that they didn't use it more because they built it up, and it was just so cool when they are finally using it and just – I don't know. Felt like it went to waste, but uh, that fight scene and Cheetah's again. Cheetah's not great. Um, I wish they would have done a little bit better on the CG on her, but the fight scene is is pretty cool. I, I was all right with it. Number three, Jarrett. What's your number three? 
Uh, my number three was when they're flying, not when she's flying, but when they're flying in the plane together. Um, I thought visually it was great. Some of the lines were cheesy, but I thought it was a good scene. I thought it was a cool moment between them. And I like that it tied back to what she said about, is it yours as well? It's it's literally like beat Guys. for beat the scene. Like not only that, but the fact that she made it invisible. That was a cool reveal. Yep, it was a cool and, thing. And, and, and like, the visuals of the visuals of the fire fire uh, fireworks. It's <laughs> so good. And she talked about too. She said that like every time I see the star or see a plane, or and when I think about what it must be like to fly, I think about Steve. Like that's his place. And so the fact that they shared that together in their short time together was like a good moment. It was a great beat. And how how she told him about radar? He'd never heard of radar. That was yeah. funny. I yeah. thought that was. I thought that was, <laughs> that was a good moment. Yeah. Isaac, what's your number three? My number three is actually the opening sequence with uh, Themyscira. Uh, I just thought that was a really cool that we got a little bit of background on Themyscira and on Wonder Woman, and a little bit more of what she was like as a kid. Which, I, I mean, I'm all for. Like, give me give me like a, a Wonder Woman prequel on Themyscira. I'll take it. Um, yeah, I thought that was a really cool scene. Again, exposition. I could, you know, it, it what is what it is. It wasn't great, but the the scene itself I thought was pretty cool. All right, Jarrett, let's see if you got what I. I'll go first for number two, just to, just to like <laughs> yeah, make yeah, sure please. that like I'm legitimately not coming. Number two for me is Wonder Woman saying goodbye to Chris Pine's character, Steve oh Trevor. Gosh. <laughs> um, I. Oh no! Oh no! That's my number two. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my gosh! <laughs> we'll see if we're have number one then. Yeah, I, I mean, Jerry, yeah. you can hop in then. I, I mean, this this scene is great. She's at her wits' end. I think, as Robbie said, oh, it, it really was a very well acted and delivered scene. He's like, "You've got to let me go," and she's like, "I can't." He's like, "You have to." And while I did not like the direction they chose with her character, I don't think that was her character to begin with. Still thought it was a well acted scene. I thought with the chaos all around, it's a beautiful look, and I. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll put that number two. She doesn't look back, which I think is like that was cool. I don't yes. know, it was so cool. She doesn't look back, and all of a sudden she's back to full strength, and that was sweet. Yeah, yeah. Number two for you, Isaac. My number two is actually uh, at the end of uh, Maxwell Lord and Wonder Woman's like showdown uh, when he she basically convinces the world and him to renounce their wishes. Cheesy, yes, but. Ugh. I thought the the things that she was speaking about truth was really cool and like as a father of two daughters I was like this this is inspiring to me and I, I can only imagine what it would be like for a young uh, girl to watch this and be like look up to Wonder Woman as like a pillar of truth and and just like inspiration so I, I thought that moment was really cool I yes cheesy definitely but I thought it was a really cool moment so I'm my number two I'm glad you have an opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I'm, I think for myself, unlike oh, you I'm guys, glad I think for myself so. and I don't have the same wish to spirit. <laughs> we all struggle. Renounce your wish. Yeah. I know. Whatever. That's yeah, so nobody good. walks out of Wonder Woman and goes, you know what was really good? Well, the you guys can suck it. It made me feel good and Lord. I don't care what you Except guys Except for think, you. So there you go. Like, you know when she good. told us that wishing for better things in our life was wrong? I love that part. <laughs> You know when the rules were like flubbed and then they put gold on the screen and then everybody like magically held hands digitally, of course, because <laughs> the particles <laughs> digitally. Yeah, particles. <laughs> you know that part where Gal Gadot told me that I can't wish for somebody I love to be here with me right now. I love that part. 
But it's not true, <laughs> but Jared. But she never it's wished not for true. it. She never wished for it. She never said but it out like, loud. But like, okay, is that the is that, is that the moral lesson? Like that it's somehow wrong for her to. Win? I'm not. Forget it. No, move on, <laughs> Jared. My number one is the armor reveal. I thought the I thought the battle was garbage. Okay. I thought the, this is proof that we didn't have the exact same topic. Okay, thank God. We didn't um, I'm actually shocked that that's your number one. I know. One I was. Like, I thought man, we were really all going to have the same number one. I, I really liked the reveal and the backstory of the armor. I thought it was really good. I thought it's good cool. building for the future with this universe. And yeah. again, I thought, I thought it looked sweet. It looked sweet in the commercials. Yeah, it looked awesome. It looked sweet again in the movie, and it was a it was a pun intended bright spot here. So that's my number one. Jared, go ahead. Uh, my number one was kind of a culmination of Alistair's character. Um, the two scenes where, one, he's in the office and he's like, Dad, I just wish you were here with me. And then again, when he's on the highway and there's nobody there. And again, he wishes, you know, I just wish my dad would be here. And then the payoff of, even though a lot of that is absolutely hot garbage, the one bit where he's like, uh, you never have to wish for me to love you. As a dad, as a father, and as somebody who understands the feelings that Alistair would have had having a parent not be there for them. I love that moment. That moment will like landed hard for me. And uh, that's also my number one is the final moment with uh, Maxwell Lord and Alistair. And, and really the, the moment that got me, like I was, I was kind of like welling up and stuff when Maxwell Lord is talking to him. The moment that got me was when Alistair said to him, daddy, you don't have to make me proud. I already love you. I was like, yeah. ah, oh my yeah. gosh. The only reason <sighs> I didn't give that number one, because I talked about that earlier and how I cried during that scene. The only reason I wouldn't give that number one is because I just didn't feel like it was earned. I thought on, on Alistair's part, it was earned. That's why I say, I specifically said Alistair, like Maxwell Lord, when he was talking to Alistair, it was like, yeah, you know, I was like, you, yeah, okay. you can say that you love him, but you all actually five minutes ago, you really didn't love him. So, right. you know, but yeah, when the kid was telling him that he loved him no matter what, I was like, oh, exactly. Oh, yep. got me. Well, cool. Well, uh, that that's Wonder Woman, guys. That's Soul. Make sure you check out both of these movies. If you, if you have HBO Max and Disney Plus, watch them. I wouldn't say go go buy Disney uh, HBO Max to watch uh, Wonder Woman, though. I would say that. I don't. Looking back on it, I would spend four, fifteen dollars to watch it. What? Once you are, I wouldn't, just, you are I wouldn't such buy a the glutton movie. for punishment, Isaac. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a good guy, Isaac. Aww, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you with the controversial take here. If you haven't watched Wonder Woman and you listened through this whole thing, just enjoy whatever you thought Wonder Woman was before you watched it. That's a good point. Lower your Live expectations. In that. Live in that universe where it isn't whatever the heck we got. Yeah. Just okay. lower your expectations. It makes everything better. Well, thank you again, Jarrett, for coming on. It was great being with you, man. Yeah, absolutely. Isaac, <laughs> uh, you are a glutton for punishment. I don't get your way of thinking, but I do like you and I love you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. And thank you, listeners, wherever you listened, however you listened. Thanks for making us part of your day, week, or month. We can't wait to see you guys next year. We're super grateful that you've been with us. Subscribe, like, check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, podcasts, where you can check out all your podcasts. Check those out. You can check us out on theinfinitybros.com or check us out on Twitch. As always, we love you guys, 3000, and we will see you soon. See ya. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Infinity Bros Podcast. You can find the Infinity Bros on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the Infinity Bros.
feel free to send listener feedback via email at infinitybrospodcast at gmail.com. <laughs>